no matter what, if you're having any of those symptoms, it means that there is some inflammation going on in your digestive system and there's some activation, overactivation of your immune system. Welcome to the 40 Fit and Fabulous podcast. Join your host, Mark Slight, as he gets the best information, inspiration, help, and advice from the world's best athletes, performance coaches, and health experts so that you can look, move, and feel your best at 40 and beyond. Remember, it's never too late to live the life of your dreams. Now here's your host, Mark Slight. Hey, welcome back to the 40 Fit and Fabulous podcast and back in today with the lovely Lacey Chittle from the States on episode number 44. We're going to get straight back into it today. We're going to talk more about inflammation and gut health. And when I talk to people like Lacey, it's amazing how much inflammation causes so many problems. And even for me, it amazes me how many problems can be linked back to the gut. Now, I get this quite a lot with with my own clients and and friends as well, friends and family, and they'll say something like, I've got, I've got, I've got a bit of a rash on my neck, okay, and I, or a rash on my face, for example, and I, I've been putting this moisturizer on, I've been putting this cream on. Mark, what do you think? And I say, well, it's, it's down to what you're eating. Your, your diet's poor. You know, you're not getting enough fresh air. And, and they think, well, that's ridiculous. How can, how can my diet be affecting my skin? How can my diet be affecting arthritis in my toes, for example? You know, and it's just... It comes down to exactly what Lacey is talking about on this podcast. It comes down to inflammation and, and your gut health and your immune system is a wonderful, wonderful thing. But it wants to it wants to cure you from the inside. And the only way it can do that is with the correct fuel and the, and the correct lifestyle for its own little ecosystem with inside your body. So if you're not fueling it properly, if you're not taking care of that, how on earth do you expect that to take care of you? And when you see physical signs of, of inflammation and things such as such as lumps and bumps and rashes, that's a sign that things inside your body are not working very well. That's a sign that you're not fueling your body well. And when I talk about fuel, I'm not just talking about food. I'm talking about fueling your soul as well and your environment and your lifestyle. All these little things that go together to reduce stress in your gut, to improve your immune system, repair your gut, and ultimately to repair your body. Your body wants to and is able to repair itself most of the time if you give it the tools to do that. So don't be shocked when you listen to podcasts like, like this one with Lacey and the previous one with Julie, when we talk about inflammation and curing yourself from within. It absolutely is the way to go. Okay, masking things with pills is not the future. The future, I'm telling you, is looking after your own internal health. And that's what we're going to talk about a lot more today. And I know Lacey explains it so much better than I do. So I'm not going to not going to hold you up any longer. This is episode number 44 of the 40 Fit and Fabulous podcast. Hey, welcome back, Lacey, to part two of 40 Fit and Fabulous podcast. Pleasure to have you back again. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. Great. I really, really enjoyed part one. Um, it was great finding out what functional medicine is and, and your history as well. Um, I always think it's great that coaches have a history themselves. It just helps them to relate more to their clients. Um, and it's great when people like, like yourself are able to talk about that and, and kind of admit that you've had issues in the past. I think it really does help people understand that what they've got is, um, is quite common. Um, we're going to come to the common 
sort of problems in a minute, but it is common and it is treatable and it can be really severe. Everyone thinks what they've got is, is unique to them because not a lot of people talk about it. You don't hear a lot of health coaches talk about the ailments that they've had and the, the symptoms they've had. So it's really refreshing to hear you talk about that. But what I'd like to talk about now is the most common problems you face as a practitioner when, when clients come to you, what are the top sort of two or three complaints that they have and what in your view is the, is the root cause for most of these problems? Sure. Um, I would say now I have to preface this with that, you know, um, I do think I see more, uh, more severe cases. I think because I, I had such a severe um, situation for my own health that I do draw in more people who have been, are quite ill but sometimes I get to see just people who, um, you know, are somewhat just not doing great, you know, that they have some digestive woes, they have some IBS, they have some fatigue, they have um, some pain, um, and they're just not feeling excellent. And they wonder if there's anything that they can do to optimize how they're feeling. Um, so the, those are the top three things that I would say that I see and that I think are just ubiquitous with, um, you know, society today, of just uh, the, the common um, lifestyle that we most all of us live. Yeah. So let's pick one of them then for now. Let's let IBS, because that is, that is something that most of my clients, if not all of my clients are suffering from, um, from a varying degree. And I, I could list a few reasons for it, a few common reasons, but what do you think is, is the biggest reason for IBS in your clients? I mean, I don't know, it'd be interesting to see if it differs from where you are in the States to where we are in the UK as well. Um, yeah, you, I, the biggest I thing we have is processed food, I think, is probably one of the biggest reasons for IBS. Yeah, so I think that there isn't much of a difference, actually. I mean, there's a couple things that might be a little bit different in terms of um, the source of, like, wheat, for instance. Um, in America, we have, we um, produce more of this dwarf wheat, and we also, um, most of the wheat is uh, laden with glyphosate, which is not legal in the UK. Um, but other than that, uh, the diet is very similar in that most Americans are eating you know, what we refer to as a standard American diet, which is heavy on the processed foods. Um, and so that can be, um, you know, lots of breads and pastas and sugars, uh, things that are shelf stable. So they have, you know, all these preservatives and things and dyes in them. And um, I think that that is probably the number one cause of uh, a number of digestive woes. And I say digestive woes because, you know, it can be indigestion, heartburn, um, it can be nausea, it can be tummy pain, it can be constipation, diarrhea. Uh, but um, no matter what, if you're having any of those symptoms, it means that there is some inflammation going on in your digestive system and there's some activation overactivation of your immune system so um you know in terms of if we just take like a couple of those top complaints like having heartburn on a regular basis um most people who have heartburn it's not because they have too much acid it's actually because they have too little and the sphincter that's at the top of your stomach is not functioning properly. So now some of the contents of your stomach is coming up into the esophagus and causing that uh, irritation of the esophagus. 
Um, and so foods that are common that cause this are eating things like lots of breads and pastas and sugars. Uh, and so um, in order to correct that, then you need to correct the imbalance in the acid that's being produced by your stomach. Another common cause of it is chronic stress. Um, so if you are stressed out all the time, then it turns off this nervous system that cause it, that is responsible for a digestion. Um, and so that's, you know, rest and digest nervous system. You may have heard of that. That's, you know, your uh, parasympathetic nervous system. And when we're stressed out all the time, it turns on the sympathetic nervous system, which is the fight or flight nervous system. And, you know, when the fight or flight nervous system is activated, you know, the blood is shunted away from the digestive organs because you've got to go run away from the bear. Um, and then it has, having that nervous system activated all the time, besides putting foods in there that are hard to digest or foreign, that your body doesn't know how to digest them, um, is that uh, then the food is not going to move at the rate that it's supposed to down through your digestive system. And the organs that help digest the food that produce the stomach acid, the digestive enzymes, that's your pancreas, or the bile salts that help emulsify your fats, um, that's from your gallbladder, um, those don't get released at the same rate anymore, potentially. Um, and that can then shift um, your microbiome, is the motility can shift the microbiome, and then also what you eat will shift the microbiome. And so if you don't eat enough fiber, enough fruits and vegetables, um, then bacteria that um, shouldn't be overgrown can overgrow, and you can have an imbalance of the healthy bacteria in your gut, and that can then produce diarrhea or constipation. And yeah. constipation, just for clarification, because I think that um, when I talk to folks, not everybody really understands that constipation is having less than one bowel movement a day. Yeah, thank you. Uh, the reason I, I was laughing then at the very start of that, when you started to talk about the, um, the heartburn and you started to talk about the acid coming up through the sphincter to the esophagus, is because mm -hmm. I've had, had a hiatus hernia for about eight years. And I've ah. suffered a lot with these issues and every, I'm sitting ah. there nodding to everything you're saying because I've been through this a lot. Um, uh -huh. And my gut health and, and particularly the, the acid reflux is something mm -hmm. I've had to, to fight for a long, long time. Um, there's so many causes for it, so many different foods. Eating the wrong kind of apple, for example, will not sit well with me. A very acidic apple causes the reflux. Mm -hmm. And this is one of them instances where you can... People get used to their symptoms. They get used to being bloated. They get used to acid reflux, and they just think that that's the way their life is. And, and I could go through my life thinking, well, if I drink alcohol or I have something acidic, it's going to cause this effect, and that's just the way it is. And I'll have antacids or something, and it will calm it down. Everything's fine. But the long-term damages that I'll be damaging the base of my esophagus with the acid that's creeping out of my stomach, I don't yeah. want that to be the case. I don't want in... 20 30 years to be struggling with with another illness as a result of the one illness that i could cure myself or i could um ease myself so it's been um it's been a big struggle to find all the all the foods that cause the problem mm -hmm. um the other thing you said there was about foreign foods and when you're talking about foreign foods you're talking about things that come into the body that we haven't got the natural enzymes to break down Okay, we're, we're supposed to break down the proteins, the carbs, certain different foods, the fats, for example. But there's a lot of foods now in processed food um, that our body's just not designed to take in. It's not designed to break down, is it? 
Um, yeah, so I mean, there's a lot of chemicals that ha that are used in foods that are not food substances. So then our body doesn't know what to do with them, so we don't break them down. And um, what it does do, though, is it activates your immune system to say, oh, this is foreign. We need to get this out. Um, the, and then sometimes it's just overconsumption of things that are that is uh, too much for the system to take. So for instance, um, I don't know the statistics for the UK, but here in the United States, the average amount of sugar that um, an American eats in a day, teaspoons of sugar um, is, uh, or um, grams of, sh of sugar is 80, is over 80. Um, it's over 84 grams uh, per day. But, um, or is that right? Am I saying that right? Teas <laughs> Oh my goodness, I just uh, looked at this and now I'm like forgetting. Um, but back uh, in before the um, this whole uh, processed food uh, revolution since the 50s, um, that has increased four times. So we're asking our pancreas, you know, to produce enough, you know, uh, it, to break down a lot more sugar than it ever was designed to do. And so we're outpacing our body's ability so then you can imagine why that would be that it would be hard on our system to you know process this amount of sugar when historically you know even a hundred years ago we're not taking talking about thousands of years ago but even just a hundred years ago our grandparents great-grandparents were not eating the quantities of sugar that we are currently consuming and the same thing for, for protein we know that there's a physiological limit of how much protein that your system can break down in a, getting, a given sitting. And it's somewhere, depending on the health of your gut, between 25 and 50 grams of protein. So, you know, all those bodybuilders out there, health coaches who are suggesting eating 200 plus grams of protein a day, well, shoot, you better have a really good functioning digestive system and actually be able to, in a four hour window, break down 50 grams of protein. Otherwise, you know what's gonna happen is it's gonna cause inflammation in the digestive system. It's gonna cause reactive oxygen species, which you know, can cause any slew of symptoms like the other things we're gonna talk about, like fatigue and uh, pain, you know, because it disturbs the mucosal lining of the intestine. Yeah, I mean, I've done that when I was younger. I've eaten a lot of protein. I've probably tried to cram in the 200 grams a day by drinking different shakes and things. And I'll be honest with you, I, I know now, I didn't realize at the time how bad I felt for that, how tired I was because my body was trying to digest all this protein. You don't need that amount of protein. Like you just said, I know that now. I didn't know that when I was 20 years old. I was just I was told, oh, you want to build muscle. This is what you should do is to have like one and a half grams per pound of body weight and it's so hard to eat that amount of food. And I think when you're, when you're forcing yourself to eat that amount of food, A, it's not enjoyable, and B, something tells you it's not right. If you have to force your body to do anything, it's not the right thing for your body. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's hard to, um, to realize, though, you know, when you're, when you're missed that, you know, uh, that type of training and stuff, you know, that's the common treatment, so to speak. Yeah. Um, you want to build muscle then you better get your macros in um but you know there is a physiological limit and so you know use the common sense there and be like you know okay how well is my digestion does this feel good am i you know having you know 
um, instead of, you know, two bowel movements a day, now I'm having six bowel movements a day because of this. Like, well, maybe that's just too much. <laughs> like, maybe the body's just like dumping it and not, you're not absorbing the nutrients now because you're overdoing it. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't got time for six bowel movements a day anyway. At the moment. <laughs> <laughs> that's not an option. Um, when we talked about the sugar and we talked about yeah. the processed food, just before we get onto fatigue and pain, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, what would be your first step to your clients if, if they're having a lot of processed food and the sugar content is very high? Um, I'm guessing removal of these foods is, is the very first port of call. Yeah, for so I, I know people are going can look back on this because this is going to come out in a couple of weeks or in four weeks or so, but you're doing a challenge right now that is exactly what people need to do. This challenge is so... Oh, you watch, you watch my videos. Yeah, so Mark's doing a challenge to ask people to participate in cutting out some of your processed foods and seeing what, how, you can, how you feel if you cut out the processed foods. So I recently had someone who um, started working with me who told me that they didn't eat any added sugar. And okay. I was like, oh, really? Okay, so why don't you um, just send me pictures of your food for the next three days? Um, you know, so just take a photo on your, on your phone and send me the images. Well, he was right. He doesn't actually eat any added sugar, but he also was not reading the labels. Um, and just about anything that has been processed is going to have added salt and added sugar to it because they, the food is actually engineered in a lab and taste tested to activate the pleasure centers in our brain and they optimize the sugar and the salt levels in order to get us addicted, yep. <laughs> like literally, uh, so that we want more of it. Um, and so, um, you know, there is added sugar. And so just if you do that one thing, you know, if you cut down on um, the packaged food that you eat, um, then you're going to have, you know, uh, you're going to be consuming a lot less sugar. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> enough but it you know obviously it, it, it not necessarily is it that easy because well most of us don't spend any time in the kitchen you know we spend you know one to five ten minutes tops preparing our food um, and so you know one of the things that I'll suggest people do is take some assistance from the grocery store and buy your lettuces all cleaned and cut your vegetables cleaned and cut um, you know, and, you know, um, making your own dressings or dips and things like that for the whole week. So you might spend 10 minutes making a salad dressing or a dip or a marinade on the weekend, but then you use it repeatedly over the week. And so then it's cutting down on your time. So it takes five minutes to steam some vegetables tops, you know, so then you open a salad kit, it's done. So, you know, you cook off a couple pounds of, you know, meat in the slow cooker. So then you're cutting corners and making your, your foods pretty quickly, but you can see exactly how much sugar or how much salt you're putting into those things. So if you're making a salad dressing, maybe you put in one teaspoon of honey into a full jar of salad dressing, but you know, the amount of sugar that's in the store-bought salad dressing might be a teaspoon per serving. Hey, this is Mark Slight from Health Buddy. I wanna know if you've taken the Health Buddy Challenge yet. A short five-day program that covers every aspect of your life so that you can look, move, and feel your best. If you want to try the Health Buddy Challenge, head over now to healthbuddy.fit and take the challenge today. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's a great bit of advice. And I'm assuming it's the same in the US, but <clears throat> when you go to buy the processed food here, the ingredients list is done on the first ingredient is the most prominent in, in, the, in the packet, in the yeah. source. So you, you can always look when you buy the processed food and I can almost guarantee, they like say, that sugar is within the top three of most processed foods because there's <laughs> so much damn sugar in it. But, mm-hmm. what, but when you look at the foods you're, you're cooking, let's say, let's say you're doing a spaghetti bolognese and, and someone might buy a jar of the, the bolognese sauce, well, there's mm-hmm. a lot of sugar in that. But if you used to make that bolognese sauce yourself, when would you put sugar in that? You, w- you would never put <laughs> sugar in that, ever. You would just put in tomatoes, garlic, um, maybe some lemon, some salt, but you would never put sugar at all in that sauce, let alone the quantities that these companies are putting in, like you say, to get you addicted. Um, I don't want to run out of time, but I want to get through fatigue and pain quickly. Fatigue then, something that, like, as I said at the start of this, is something that is almost starting to set in for me because I'm so busy and I'm not doing what I should be doing as well as I should be doing it. But it's, it's chronic for a lot of people nowadays, isn't it? Yeah, I think that it's extraordinarily common, um, but it's not normal, you know. So, you know, some people come to me and they say, you know, well, maybe it is. I'm just getting older, you know. I'm 43 now, or whatever. And I'm like, if <laughs> if it if it were normal, you know, then you know, can you imagine living with this degree of fatigue for another 30 years, or for to progressively get worse, you know, in, for 30, 40 years to come. And when you kind of say that out loud to people, they take a pause and they say, oh, wow, yeah, I didn't really think about it that way. Like if this progresses or continues, you know, this is, you know, I can't imagine my life. Yeah. Um, so what are the causes? Well, I mean, we talked about one of them just overdoing it, you know, stress. So emotional, psychological, um, physical stress, inadequate sleep. Um, a standard American diet, standard UK diet of lots of processed foods. This can all lead to fatigue. Um, but uh, other things, um, you know, that the way that I work it up to try and figure out the root cause of the fatigue and then set up um, a plan to resolve it is to first identify if there's any nutritional causes. So things that can happen from a standard American diet, standard UK diet is um, ha- eating um Foods that are low in vitamin D and low in folate and low in uh, B12 or methylcobalamin or cobalamin. Um, so those things can be some nutrients that can be low that need to be replenished. Um, same for iron. Uh, you know, so these are lab tests that you can get, you know, from your physician to see if any of those things are low. Um, and then we always want to rule out that there is a thyroid disorder. So um, thyroid disease is very, very common. Uh, and um, it can also not necessarily be an autoimmune disease. It can actually just be induced from having an overactive immune system. And you can get an overactive immune system, again, from eating um, a highly processed diet. (laughs) So you can actually reverse that by changing your diet. Um, So first off is I try and rule those things out. You know, it's like, is there a nutritional cause for this? Is there some sort of immune system activation that's causing this? Um, and then addressing those imbalances in the nutrition that could be necessary. 
There are some amino acids that are also necessary, so that's protein sources that can um, make you feel a little more tired. Um, uh, in the coach world, the health coach world and bodybuilding world, um, we use uh, branched chain amino acids to help with muscle recovery. Um, and that can also help folks who have low energy and have an amino acid deficiency that um, is causing their fatigue. Um, and then the other causes uh, you know, of fatigue are either adrenal or mitochondrial. Yep. So back to that whole being stressed out thing that we were talking about is that what happens if you have too much emotional, psychological, physical stress for a long period of time is our body will um, keep up for a while producing adequate cortisol to get through that stressful event. But eventually it just kind of peters out and you'll have high cortisol at one point in the day and low cortisol at another point in the day. And so then you just have this, you know, uneven energy throughout the day. And it might first present itself as it's really hard to get out of bed in the morning or after you eat a meal, you feel super tired and you take a nap. Um, or at nighttime when it's time to wind down, you feel wired but tired. You can't go to sleep, but you're super exhausted. And that's um, referred to as stage one adrenal dysfunction. Um, later on, um, you can just have lower cortisol throughout the entire day, and the, these phases kind of um, overlap each other a bit. But um, you know, eventually you can be what's called like a flatliner where your cortisol is actually low all day long. And so you don't produce adequate cortisol to get yourself through the day. And at that point, um, you know, the, the treatment is different than it would be in the beginning. In the beginning, lifestyle stuff is really effective. So taking care of yourself and getting enough sleep, you know, eating adequately, um, controlling your blood sugar, you know, so cutting down on that sugar that we were talking about. Um, and uh, eating enough protein and fat, um, but then and then you know maybe taking some herbals that can help control or help your body's resiliency to the stresses. Um, there's uh, herbs for that. But later on, when it gets really um, severe and you are having low cortisol or energy all throughout the day, then at that point you actually do need to have testing done and figure out um, what hormones or hormone precursors are actually too low and need supporting. Um, so then you need a, a, a trained um, professional to help you with that. The third cause of fatigue is mitochondrial in nature. So again, mitochondria are the powerhouses of the cell. They're who help make the citric acid cycle go around and make ATP, which is energy for our body. Um, and some things can make them sick. So a common, you know, there's many medications who can make your mitochondria sick, some antibiotics, yep. um, statins, so a cholesterol-lowering medication. Um, there's, there's many others, uh, but all those things can um, make the mitochondria sick. Or you can, and that doesn't just happen to anybody. Usually there's a genetic predisposition to this, um, you know, so... There might be other reasons um, that your body doesn't detoxify quite as well um, and this sort of thing. And then um, there's nutrients that you can take to help those guys work a little bit better. Um, and so, you know, there's, uh, um, you know, different nutrients that can be helpful or things like CoQ10. Um, it can be magnesium is really helpful for the mitochondria to function well. Um, it could mean that you need to help support detoxification and things like N-acetylcysteine or glutathione can be helpful for that. Um, so there's a number of things that will, that would be necessary. Um, but, uh, 
identifying what the causes of your fatigue is the basis for making it better. Um, you know, so I think that most people can just start with just the lifestyle stuff and see what kind of improvements they get on their own there. Working on their nutrition, go see your primary care doctor and have some of those um, common things checked off to make sure that those vitamins are adequate for your body uh, so that you um, aren't fatigued because of that. And then if you know it's more severe than that, then working with a professional who can help work out these other um, causes of fatigue. Yeah, what I'm hoping is as people listen to you there that they 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 start to realise that they're they're getting fatigued before it gets to the really severe stage. And hopefully people will listen and think, oh, that does sound like me. I am getting a little bit like that. And they can put the self-care practices in now and the lifestyle changes to stop it ever getting to that severe stage. That's what I'm hoping most of the listeners will get from this. Obviously, if it is severe, you've, you've got to go and see the right people. But for a lot of people, I think they can address the problem now before it ever gets to that serious stage by making, let's be honest, fairly simple changes to their, to their diet and their lifestyle, really. That costs nothing, you know? Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, not have to wait until, you know, you're actually need to spend money on, you know, supplements and doctor's visits and medications and everything else, you know, like, uh, it, they, they are simple things. I think the hardest thing is just changing your behavior. <laughs> yeah. You said about the time in the kitchen that people haven't necessarily got a lot of time in the kitchen, but you've, you've got to make a bit of time in the kitchen. Otherwise, later on down, down the years, you're going to have to make a lot of time to be ill. So you either yeah. spend a bit of time in the kitchen now or you're going to spend a lot of time in your bedroom because you can't get out of your bed. Yeah. Um, okay, we've overrun a little bit. I don't mind, but pain. Let's... Um, uh -huh. What exactly do you see from your clients in, in terms of pain? Yeah, so, um, the, you know, obviously there's various types of pain. There's headache pain, there's joint pain, muscle pain, um, and what have you. But what do they all have in common is that they are driven by inflammation. And so figuring out the cause of the inflammation is, is the deal there. You have to figure out where is what's the the root for the inflammation some people say you know like oh well i had an injury to that knee 20 years ago so of course i have osteoarthritis in that knee now no actually that's wrong <laughs> or they'll say you know like oh well i have a bulging disc at l5 you know at, you know l3 l4 or you know l5 s1 <clears throat> so of course i have pain in my low back no you can have bulging discs and not have any pain you know, a chiropractor will tell you that, a physio will tell you that. Um, but the, what's causing the inflammation and for the destruction of the tissues is it's a dysregulation of your immune system. So your immune system thinks it needs to make these, you know, inflammatory cytokines and needs to protect itself and bring fluid to that area um, because of something foreign being there. So what is that foreign stuff? I would say nine times out of 10, <laughs> it's the root is the gut. Yeah, yeah um, I would agree. So, um, if you have, so one of the most common things that happen um, is that by eating uh, an inflammatory diet, eating lots of processed foods, is that it can disturb what's called your mucosal lining. So the mucosal lining is like a slip and slide um, of uh, you know, uh, mucus, so to speak, that uh, lines your whole digestive system and prevents your food, your partially digested food or your stool from coming in contact with the intestinal wall. 
Well, what can happen from stress, from eating a processed food diet, um, and so on, is that mucosal lining can become disturbed. Medications can do this too, like um, uh, NSAIDs, uh, so like ibuprofen, and uh, also things like birth control pills uh, can also disturb it. So if that mucosal lining gets disturbed, now your food, your partially digested food, is coming in direct contact with the tissue of your intestine. And that tissue has these little hair-like projections called microvilli. And those microvilli will get inflamed and irritated and, and um, actually get destroyed by the, by the bugs in the walls of your intestines, by the stools coming in contact with it. And then um, instead of the digested food only getting through, now undigested food particles and viruses and bacteria and anything else can now float on through into your bloodstream. And so now these things will go get deposited in various places. And it might be in your joint space, it might be in an old injury site, it might be in a muscle. Um, it can uh, affect the one layer thick wall um, of your blood brain barrier um, or one cell, yeah, one, it's one cell layer thick, just like your, um, your intestinal walls, one layer thick um, of cells. And then it can cause inflammation in your brain. Um, and have uh, headaches, have you know problems with concentration and anything else. So then the treatment is, you know, pretty clear. You got to address the diet. You got to address healing the intestinal lining, um, mucosal um, membrane there. Um, and uh, then oftentimes people's pain goes away. So usually, uh, you know, before I give people. Uh, supplements to help with the pain unless the pain is severe the very first thing we actually do is just change the diet yep. sometimes people need some curcumin some omega-3 fatty acids or something else to help with the pain because they're in an acute situation but other times just in a matter of a couple weeks their pain gets better simply by changing their diet so let's go back to you just said about there the, the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs such as ibuprofen, which people take, they get pain, they take ibuprofen because <laughs> yeah. it takes the pain away. But what you're saying there is that really, if you go back to the root cause, things like ibuprofen and the non-steroidal AIDs are not actually doing you any good long term. Correct. Yeah. yeah. It's a catch-22. Yeah. You know, you take these things because you have pain and then it can long-term cause more pain because it destroys this lining of your intestine. Yeah, we're looking at the, like I said at the very start of part one, the quick fix situation again, yeah. where it does mask the headache, it does get rid of it, but the root cause is something a little bit greater and you're not doing yourself any favors. Also, the, um, when you talk about damaging the microvilli there as well, mm -hmm. people can say to me, well, I'm eating a lot of veg and I'm eating all the, when they say they might be low on their um, micronutrients, they might, you might not be taking as much in as they should be, well, I eat a lot of veg and everything. But if they've damaged their microvilli and their, their gut's inflamed, then their body's not actually absorbing all the goodness from the food that they might be eating. Is that right? Yeah. So, um, well, there's a couple things there. So, again, if this has been going, if you're having these digestive issues for a long time and then you switch your diet and um, you start eating more micronutrient-rich foods like, you know, your fruits and vegetables and everything, um, but you're still not getting better, um, it could be that you're not pairing the foods well. So um, I think common in um, the health and fitness world is eating your vegetables without anything on them. They're just steamed. Well, you're not going to absorb the minerals in there very well, the vitamins and minerals in there very well, if there's not acid and fat. 
So um, you have to have some fat on your vegetables to help absorb those nutrients that you're trying to get in. Um, and then um, acid is, is helpful for that as well. And so it can either be like steamed broccoli with some ghee and um, uh, salt and a, and a squeeze of lemon on it, or you can have your little glass of water on the side with a squeeze of lemon in it. So then you're getting the acid, you're getting the fat, and you're getting the vegetables. So that could be part of it. So I always look a little bit deeper to figure out, is it the way that they're eating their um, vegetables that could be partially to blame? Um, and then the other piece is that, has this been going on for a really long period of time? Well, if it has, then maybe your deficiency is so great that even though you're eating the optimal diet, that you're going to have to take some supplements to help get you out of the deficit. So um, this is more common, you know, uh, when you've had maybe, um, you know, diarrhea for a long period of time um, or that sort of thing, but um, that you can create these deficiencies that are pretty great. Um, so that's why, you know, the testing can be very helpful to figure out what level you're starting at for, say, your B, your B vitamins, your, you know, folate, your um, B12, your B6, these sort of things. Um, if you're really deficient, the dosing is vastly different, like, you know, thousand times greater, 10,000 times greater of a dose that you might very well need, which then is not possible to get through the foods that you're eating by yourself. So if you've gone on this healthy eating kick for a good three months and you're still not feeling great, that's again a good time to then reach out and get some assistance to figure out, well, what else could it be? Um, because it might just be that, you know, your deficiency the deficiency was so great that you need some additional help to get you out of that hole or those organs are so compromised for so long you're not breaking down the food well even though you're consuming it so I do see yeah. people like that sometimes is that we need extra digestive enzymes we need bile salts and so on in order to help them get the most out of their food and you know what happens quite often when you give these people these things sure. <laughs> <laughs> their cravings go away. So that intense desire for the sweets or whatever it is, you know, like I, oh, I just, I want to eat a whole baguette. I need to eat this, you know, the, this muffin or this cake or something like that. It goes away when they, their body is getting all the nutrients that it needs. Yep. Uh, so sometimes it's not just like, you know, um, you know, feeling stressed out or a microbiome imbalance that's causing the craving. It's actually this other issue. That's, that's been a really long episode but I'm not sorry in the slightest I thought that was amazing I think everyone's going to get so much information from that and I know that so many people are suffering with gut issues at the minute and I know that so many people will, will love that episode thank you so much for taking the time out to, to record them for me and for our listeners it's been amazing yeah. having you on yeah thank you so much I appreciate the opportunity to be on and uh, also just to get to know you yeah, it's been great. This is um, this is a good chat. It's um, it's hard. Obviously, we've never met each other because we've only talked online, and um, it's it's great to sit and and talk about nutrition in depth again. It's been I've spent so long talking about the mindset and and the lifestyle habits. So you've kind of reignited my passion for nutrition here because it's been a while since I've <laughs> talked about this for a little bit. So awesome. yeah, it's been great. Thank you so much. We'll speak again soon. Okay. Thank you.
Okay, so these last four episodes have been truly amazing for me. I've loved listening to Lacey and Julie over the last four episodes. I know full well that it's going to give everyone who's listening such great information. Maybe it's taken you on a slightly different path to what you thought you was on. Maybe it's given you some things to think about. There'll be some of you out there that don't quite believe it yet. You don't quite believe that, you know, better sleep could be the cure for most things in your life. But I'm telling you, this this is the way forward. And, and I've absolutely loved sitting opposite these these ladies on the camera, listening to them. Although the podcast might only be 20, 25 minutes long. We've talked a lot more off air as well. And I love their approach. I love the way they they treat their own ailments and illnesses in their life as well as their clients. And this is why nowadays it's no longer about weight loss. Programs like Weight Watchers and Slimming World, do you know what, I don't know if I'm even allowed to name them on the podcast, but I am. But programs like that, they do work on your dress size. They work on your scale weight. And if we go back to Charlotte in, in one of the earlier episodes, which says it just focuses on how much space you take up in the world, it's not right. There's so many of us. Yes, we might be overweight. Yes, we might be struggling to do our belt up. We might be struggling to fit in the dress we want for birthday parties and for New Year's Eve parties. But it's the day-to-day well-being and the way we feel that means the most. Why on earth would you want to feel bloated and sick and tired and lacking energy after every single meal you eat? Why should you feel the need for a nap every afternoon? Power naps are great, but have them because you want to have them, not because you've got to a point where you feel, I've got no more energy left and you have to have it. So we need to focus on this, this this whole approach, this whole body approach, this whole lifestyle approach to really make us happy, to give us the life that we need. This is why I created the Path to Happiness program for exactly that reason. The years of, of working on weight loss and, and nutrition plans and slimming down, it's, it's no longer the, the thing that we need. You know, We need to focus on lifestyle and relationships and stress management and internal health. And listening to the two ladies in the last two podcasts has really hammered that home for all my clients and for me as well. Because I've shared the videos of these podcasts with my own clients because I know they're so helpful. I know they're so helpful to everybody. So please don't focus on your scale weight. Please don't focus on your dress size. Please focus on all the other aspects. Your dress size will come down. Your weight will come down as a result of focusing on stress, lifestyle, work-life balance, everything else around your environment that's what matters the most okay that's what's going to bring us all the happiness that we're craving so please head over to the show notes please review and subscribe to the podcast but please please connect with Lacey it's going to be one of the best things you do today and if there's still spaces left please head over to the path to happiness program improve your life today and start 2019 in the way you want it to carry on don't just sign up for a four-week plan or a detox sign up to something like the path to happiness program that is going to change your life forever thank you so much for listening to these episodes guys i love you all so much we're going to come back in a few days time with a lady from scotland in the uk by the name of jennifer wilson she's going to share her backstory of how she's suffered with her own health how she's turned the corner how she's now living the healthiest life she can and she's got over an illness which doctors said she would never get over It's a fantastic story and one I know so many of us are going to resonate with as well. So come back again, guys, please. Episode 45 of Jennifer Wilson. Other than that, take care. I love you all so much for listening and I'll speak to you again in a few days' time.